You're listening to the Sports Blog New York Podcast. My name is Peter Kennedy, and I am your host. You can find this podcast on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, App, Google Play, SoundCloud, or, of course, on sportsblognewyork.com. You can also interact with me on Twitter, at pkennedy, with two Ys. That's at pkennedy, two Ys. Or, with the blog's Twitter, at sportblognyc. If you feel so kind, if you like what you hear, especially after listening to this episode, which I must say was a fantastic one. If you like it, go on to iTunes, Apple Podcast app, drop a couple stars, drop a couple words in a review, and tell us what you think. We'd love nothing more than to hear from you. But without further ado, I need to introduce my three very special guests on the episode today, and they are the members of the Run Up the Score Fantasy Football Podcast. That's Don Wagonblast, Scott Wagonblast, and Tom Hillier. Those three guys were nice enough to join me, and what better time could they have done so? I mean, really, the football season starts in just a week. The college football season starts this weekend to wet our palate. We got fantasy drafts going on right now. Your daily fantasy app is getting fired up for Sundays. It's perfect, and we do deep dives. We talk about quarterbacks. We talk about the sneaky stars, the unsung heroes. Talk about snake drafts versus auctions. Daily Fantasy, the whole nine, and there's no one better to talk to than Don Scott and Tom. The Rutz Boys are here. The Rutz Boys run up the score fans of a podcast. They're on iTunes. They're on Apple Podcast app. You can find them anywhere. But first, all you got to do is find them right here. Just continue listening to this program because if you haven't heard them yet, you're going to hear them right now. You're going to fall in love, and you might just win your fantasy league. But for now, just sit back and relax. The Rutz Boys are here. Stay tuned. Hello and welcome to the Sports Blog New York Podcast. My name is Peter Kennedy and I am your host. Without further ado, we're going to jump right to it. We got three super special guests today from the Run Up the Score Fantasy Football Podcast, the Rutz Boys, as I like to call them. We got Don Wagonblast. We got Scott hello, Wagonblast. Hello, hello, everybody. <laughs> and we got Tom Hillier. Don, you jumped right in. The de facto Sorry. host, I like to call you, of the Rutz yeah. Boys. He, he hops in as quick as he can every yeah, time. I, yeah, I'm like Never a misses a chance to talk. Yeah. <laughs> I'm very pumped to have you guys on, first off, because Dude, football thank season. thank you so much for having us. Dude, it, it's my pleasure. Football season is so close. I haven't done one fantasy football draft yet, and having you guys here is like it's filling my need right now. Uh, I'm pumping you guys right into my veins. We really have that effect on people. <laughs> you, you know what I, I I realized too listening to you guys' podcast, Don and Scott. Obviously, you guys are brothers. Yes. Some, oh, are we? Sometimes, sometimes I'm like, wait, who's that guy? Which one's talking? Oh yeah, <laughs> heard that. And we get I, that a lot. The only good thing about my actual voice is that it's different from theirs. It is not a perfect radio voice. Tom, you don't give yourself anywhere near enough credit. <laughs> Nowhere near enough. But yeah, we do get that a lot. Well, the things that come out of my mouth are yeah, pure you know, gold. Pure gold, possibly yeah. Bible worthy. Yeah, <laughs> liquid gold sometimes too. <laughs> Yeah, I believe you guys actually just did a fantasy draft yourselves. The three of you are in the same. How many leagues are you guys in total? And then together, how many leagues are you guys in? Okay, so the three of us are in two leagues where we're competing against each other. We just did a dynasty draft tonight. That was the one you referenced. Uh, we've also been doing our hometown league for five years now, and we just joined a league where the three of us 
are all managing a team together. Oh God. Uh, we did that draft a couple of days <laughs> yeah. ago and we are so excited for that it. That draft was mayhem. Yeah. Yeah, I'm sure you guys agree on everything. Just everything smooth. Um, oh my God. No. It was brutal. Yeah. Was brutal. Scott was like the 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 middle of that. And like Tom and I were definitely on separate ends for a while during that draft. Oh. But uh I think it ended up working out. It okay. always comes together. Yeah. yeah, it always does. Cause yeah. at the end of the day, we know that, you know, we, we all have a kind of base for it's for the good of the pot. certain players that eventually it, it holds true. Yeah. And I feel like there's so, at some point this happens with me and my NBA guys, when we do so many episodes in a row without like, without trying, sometimes we start getting the same ideas and we start looking at stuff the same, oh, yeah. which can oh, be yeah. bad, but oh, like yeah. it happens. It's natural. I mean, I mean, I don't know how many times Tom has sold me on like just drafting a player, starting a player just from like two or three sentences that he says in the middle of an episode. And I'm like, that's a good call. I'm doing yeah. that. Well, it's also <laughs> funny on daily, right? Cause we'll make lineups and we'll be in the same competitions there. Right. And even one time me and Scott finished one and two in a big contest because we had virtually the same lineup and yeah. didn't talk about it at <laughs> all. To right. each other. That's right. Once the, once the group opened up, I was like, Hey, you got a pretty good team. Wow. It's the same as mine. <laughs> so like the good fantasy football podcast, finish each, finish each other's sentences. The great fantasy football podcast, finish each other's daily line. <laughs> wow. That's I, I think the rule. I think I just got my tagline for the tweet for this episode. <laughs> That's beauty. That's a beauty right off the bat. All right. So let's get to, to give my, listeners a chance to figure out which one each of you are so i'm gonna start okay. i'm gonna start with scott then i'm gonna go to tom then i'll go back to don scott right, i'll go last yeah because i, I, I intro your name first you know you gotta go back to the line it's like the waiver wire yeah. so scott <laughs> first things first you guys are now fantasy football guys you know fantasy, yep. fantasy football experts you have your own pod the ruts ruts podcast what is the number one question that your friends people on twitter just bombard you with that you're basically sick of hearing of um, the one I'm most sick of hearing, uh, uh, is when to draft my quarterback, when should I draft my quarterback? And it's like, we've given you, I don't know, 30 or 40 episodes worth <laughs> of how to not draft a quarterback early. We say it almost every single episode. So that's the one I think, you know, everyone asks me, Oh, you know, when should I take this guy? Should I take Rogers in the third? Like, no, don't do it. No, no. <laughs> Listen to the episodes. That's gotta be the one for me. So when do I take my quarterback? <laughs> don't take one. That's the only way you'll please us. Just go week to week. Just I'll, I'll just be, drop I'll be two kickers and drop the drop one of them before week one and pick up the you starting quarterback. You, you want saying draft, draft two kickers in front no, of time. I say draft zero kickers. I didn't draft a kicker at this draft. My we just yep. came from one. My lineup is currently flagged for being illegal. <laughs> That's that sounds like a good lineup because you know what? I usually only draft a kicker in defense if like the system makes me do it. Yeah, right. I I totally agree with that. It's I, an interesting wrinkle for sure. I advise, I never do it because I'm advise, like a, a rule follower. I advise to not do it at all. This yeah. year, something I want to do is uh, use either well in tandem the Oakland kicker and Jared Cook because <laughs> they play on Monday night and Jared Cook has good matchups. We we say don't even draft tight end either. Yeah. yeah. So Jared Cook wow. has good matchups week two, three, four. So if you win or you lose and it's decided without that kicker, cut him. Keep Jared Cook there. And stream with week one with uh, we've got Vance McDonald, yep. we've got Austin Zavarian Jenkins, right up at Benjamin the top Watson. Listen, all these guys are free, and we do the same thing with quarterback week to week. Yeah, yeah, the quarterback thing that that's that freaks me out. The week to week quarterback, you know, when you get on the bye, you do it for one week. I, I can get, I can live with that. But do you, you <laughs> right. really go like quarterbackless or like quarterback by committee? All well, year. It, it's it's a I'll dangerous road to walk, but I mean, if you if you tow the line correctly, I mean, I yeah. did it. I did it for a championship last year. Ooh, I like lost Aaron Rodgers hum and humble brag. I'm telling you, I was playing 
Andy Dalton, Tarod Taylor, Blake Bortles, like literally anybody. And it was just get me 15. And they were, you know, it's like, you can get it from so many yeah. different guys. Case Keenum was a QB one. How many weeks last yeah. year? Right. I, I mean, like it, it's a process we call living the stream. Yes. And like everybody's like, some people are just afraid to go swimming right. but, <laughs> because the water's too deep or whatever, but it's only well, scare. It's only scary until you start swimming around and you realize, Hey, I could do this. Well, you should be For happy that least. the water's deep, right? Yeah, exactly. It's not really a perfect analogy. It kind of <laughs> pitters away. Yeah. We scuba <laughs> <laughs> for the quarterbacks. Uh, all yeah. right. Well, let's move this thing on Tom. <laughs> uh, what is the question you get the most now being a fantasy expert? Um, who's your one Oh one? Like who's the first overall pick? And I get that one all the time. I like to tell people, you know, if you want someone who's going in the first round, you can take them cause they're not going to come back to right. you. Right. So like no one's going to kill you. Most of those guys are going to set you up pretty well, but there's more than enough information out there. And if you're just paying the slightest bit of attention, you know that Le'Veon Bell, Todd yeah. Gurley, really it's like those two right now. And generally every year it's pretty obvious. I mean, they put the guy on the cover of the ESPN fantasy issue <laughs> yeah. that yes. year, yes. every year as well. Um, I just like to hear that only when the person has no idea when they're like, it's Tom Brady, right? One on one is Tom Brady. I'm like, yep. no, man, come on, please. Like I want to help someone when they don't know, but when they know better, I'm like, come on, man, just don't get too cute with it. If you want to win, you know, I think you're going to want the guys who are going to catch 70 balls and get two fifty double digit touchdown candidacy and 300 touches. Yep. You're not going to yeah. find that just walking around outside. Right. I'm sold. Uh, so I'm <laughs> good. Absolutely. <laughs> and uh, Don, last but not least, the question you get the most being a fantasy football, fantasy football expert. I don't know if it's because I think Scott and Tom definitely perfectly highlighted the top two questions that we get. I'm going to go a little off the beaten path. I think a lot of people like to ask us like, Hey, like I'm, do you, what do you think about going running back, running back or oh, wide receiver, I wide receiver? That's, right. a, good okay. few That's rounds. a really good one. Like we don't know. Because we don't know your league settings. We don't know like, you know, what, what it's like to draft in your league. So what we always say is, you know, sometimes the best plan is to not have a plan and just let the value fall to you. And, and, you know, it's going to emerge. Like you're going to notice the draft trends and you're going to understand how the draft is moving and what the other players around you are doing. So like, just, just follow that. Like you don't need to have a specific plan. Is it good to have one? Sure. But you know, like nothing you ever planned on ever turns out the way you planned. The no, so the no plan. Why plan. you need to have one for something that you're going to be committing to for 16 weeks? I mean, you know what? When you look at the, like the ADPs or you look at the the rankings per position, you kind of yeah. you kind of look down the list and you're like, oh, you know, I'd like to get that guy, and if I get him here, I can get that guy here, and then right. before yeah. you know it, they're both gone and get neither of them, and yeah. <laughs> then what? <laughs> and, I, and I wrote about this in my column um, on rutsff.com. Uh, take five takes. I'm going to be doing week doing it weekly, um, like. It's great if you say, okay, in the 11th round, I'm going to take Patrick Mahomes. Well, what if you're in the league with a Chiefs fan and he takes him in the eighth round? Like mm -hmm. that plan's done. So you can't just, you can't have, you can't have just a, a set of instructions. Like you can have a blueprint, but yep. you can't have a picture of the entire house before you start drafting. No kidding. That's Speaking for sure. of columns on uh, rutsff.com, is that correct? You can, yes, yeah. rutsff.com. You can use the draft day guide for dummies. Buddy, oh my God. 
Which is fantastic, by the way. Scott, shout out. Like, I, I, I've referenced that like four or five times since I first read it just because I, I, someone asked me a question in my office, and I was like, oh, well, actually, I know a perfect place to go. And I, I pointed him right down the article. Wow. And, I really appreciate that. No, it was it's well my done. full brain in regards to the fantasy football draft season. <laughs> yeah. How long did it take you to put that together? I don't, I don't want you to give away your secrets or anything like that. But, like, that was, uh, you know, it seems like you broke it down so simply, but I know, like, there's got to be a lot of organization going on there. That was there pretty was, impressive. There was definitely some levels to it for sure. And I mean, it probably took me like, like a week in total, but like I'll, I'll, I'll speak for all of us. We know these players ADP and, and those type of rankings and what rounds they're going in so well, even before we go into the draft, just because we researched the heck out of it. And uh, so that made it kind of easy. And then I just needed to, you know, like I said, dump my full brain into the rest of the actual writing part. And there you have it. It, it was very, I could not believe that thing, man. That was unbelievable reading that for the first time. It was fantastic. I'm not even kidding. Like, yeah. The way you broke down the examples of uh, position by position, round by round, or you sectioned off the rounds, it was really good. So if you need a good draft day guide, that kind of leads you along the no plan plan path. Yes. <laughs> this is where you go. It's the draft day guide yeah. for dummies on uh, rutsff.com. Um, but also, I want to ask you guys this quickly because I talked about this last year on the pod, and I still haven't done an auction. So where do you guys land on the snake versus the auction? Do you do both? Do you find one better than the other, or is it just preference? Uh, I think you should yeah, go here. You, you, had a, you had a good answer before. Yeah, so snake is the most common. Of course, you're probably going to start out there, but then sometimes you might find your league getting a little stale, or you might want to move along. Yep. Snake is great. There's nothing wrong with it, and it's a great way to uh, either reward the guy who won the league. It's a great way to keep people incentivized throughout the loser's bracket, too. And then it's also a great way if you want to do it the opposite way, where if you know, you've got guys who are dedicated, you don't need to incentivize them. Last place guys get the first place pick. Either of those two ways we're big fans of auction. We were talking about it a little bit before we uh before we went live here, but the best two strategies are, you know, paying through the nose for absolute elite, elite players and then or just going middling throughout the whole thing. And what I mean by that is like you're going to compete and you're going to pay a lot of money for these studs. But once you do that, there's going to be value and like draft day for dummies, draft guy for dummies. There's plenty of guys in those deeper rounds that are going to turn value for it. You don't need to spend X amount of money on this guy at that point. It doesn't matter. And with the other strategy, you're just going to go middling the whole way. If you can nail running back twos, wide receiver twos the whole way through, yeah, that's an elite company still because people aren't going to be able to compete with that when they're only going to be able to get the scraps. I like that. I like uh, you know paying up for a guy like Devonta Freeman in, in a league like that. I think who's like a lower level two, so like or high level like, two yeah, yeah. who could be a RB one who a lot of people don't really like that much this year. Exactly. I think that like guy targeting guys in that kind of realm is still yeah, especially uh, even at wide receiver, especially. If there's any form of PPR and you're going to get those reception bailouts and then even the running backs, your Duke Johnson's. Your, yeah. You know, oh, yeah. You can you can build the team around that guy in a weird way. Yep. That's like watching Robert Frost read his poetry. Today. <laughs> that was unbelievable. <laughs> the funny thing I find about running backs that you just mentioned them. I feel like with the actual football, like non fantasy uh, the stuff that I guess matters to the actual players and teams. The, right. The way Not to us at all. Yeah. The ones that <laughs> doesn't mean anything to us, I guess, but like, <laughs> we can talk them, about it though. Uh, like running backs are like this weird position where it's by committee and, and are running backs important. Can they last in the league? And obviously way back when fantasy just started running backs were like the be all end all. 
and the receivers currency. were whatever. Yeah. And then they had and this the shift weird... is kind of happening right now with guys like Zeke and David Johnson right. and Gurley and Le'Veon Bell. Like there's a, sh- it, it's kind of shifting back that way. But I think what you said before, like the committee, I think is going to end up being the trend that I would say at least two thirds of the league is going to follow far into the future now. And it's weird because there was this couple year moment, I feel like a couple years back, where running backs weren't being picked in the first round as much, and receivers were hot, some quarterbacks were hot, and now, are you just seeing mostly running backs in the first round? Yes, um, I think, but but it doesn't mean that like you can't take a wide receiver in the first round. There are plenty of wide receivers that we take in the first round. Yeah, the only problem sure. is there's only ten or twelve picks usually in most leagues in that first round. But like, if I'd you say walk out, with, I'd say it's more like there's like three receivers that are going in the first round right yeah, now: yeah. Odell Beckham, Hopkins, and Antonio Brown. The yeah. rest are the are the top flight running backs. But we've seen like I've seen Keenan Allen go. I'm okay with that. I've seen Julio go. I'm always okay with Michael him. Thomas. We love Michael Thomas, who we love coming into this year. Like even Devontae Adams, like if you're yeah. at the back end, like we love that too. If you he's really our favorite player him. this year, by the way, he for might anyone be, yeah. listening, Devontae Adams, favorite player for sure. Yeah. Are you speaking for all three of you? Yes. Yeah, Pretty I much. can. I think I can, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but definitely this year is one where I wouldn't mind being at the back. I think there's a lot of talented running backs. But for me, kind of going back to what I said before, is that I'm not going to choose a wide receiver over a running back that's going to get 300 touches because you just can't find that somewhere else. Alvin Kamara doesn't come up off the waiver wire every year. And in a lot of leagues, he was even drafted last year. So I'll nip that example. And that that thought stayed true in my mind in my drafts recently. I've, I've had a choice between David Johnson and Antonio Brown and so many of my drafts. And I keep taking David Johnson just because that, that touch ceiling is so high position scarcity. Yep. I mean, actually, you guys kind of, by mentioning Alvin Kamara, led me into one of my topics I wanted to talk about. Uh, so whoever wants to jump in and start this one off, who are some of the Don's rookies? Don's our Kamara expert. <laughs> I'm wearing his jersey right now. <laughs> so, well, because I had it, I had the jersey, and I wasn't sure if I was going to get him in the draft. So I left it in my car, and when I got him, I went out to my car, put the jersey on, <laughs> and drafted in the, in the jersey. Because I was just so happy to get him. I think he's so cool regardless of whether or not he's a great football player, which I also think he is. Uh, but yeah, um, so what's the question? what was the question again? <laughs> I love Alvin Kamara. Does that yeah, answer? No. Yeah. It's just, it's all about Alvin Kamara. How many touches you can get No, I was wanting to ask, cause obviously he was a rookie who came <laughs> bursting on the scene last year. Who were some of the rookies oh, okay. and sophomores? Cause you know, some sophomores like John Ross, who had that uh, flashy touchdown the other day in the preseason. He game. sure did. I'll uh, tell you what, the, who, who were some another- of those guys? There was another second-year player on the Bengals mm. who had a really flashy touchdown earlier in the preseason, uh, Joe Mixon. Hell yeah. Love We've been having Joe. a lot we of talks lot. about him, and I, I think he's poised for a very big year. And, you know, he, his ADP has been kind of creeping up a little bit too high for some people. But if you can get him as your second running back or even as your first, if you got one of those stud receivers we just mentioned, he's a guy that I would definitely be willing to build around this year. Yeah, I agree. Big guy that I'm interested in is Royce Freeman. I think Scott knew that was coming and he kind of shot me a look here. Yeah. Uh, they have a vacancy, the Denver Broncos in a three down running back and CJ Anderson leaves. He had a thousand yards. Devonte Booker is the de facto starter, but John Elway has literally already called Royce Freeman a bell cow back. Yeah. He's going to get a big role. You can't be at Oregon and not be able to catch the ball out of the backfield. Right. And he is the leadingest 
touchdown scorer in Pac-12 history. The guy is built like an ox, and he's going to be a huge fantasy asset to people going forward. I am yeah. still reeling about him going one pick ahead <laughs> in that dynasty draft um, that we just had. And I'll throw it. Could we haven't mentioned a receiver yet? Uh, he's our boy, the Moscow Mule, Cooper Cup. Oh yeah, so, uh, we think guy. he's in a. He, we think he's in a, in for a big year in his sophomore campaign because he was quietly a wide receiver two value towards the end of last season as a rookie in that Rams offense. He was like an every week start for me basically last year. Absolutely. I mean, I had him in two too, different man. teams. I loved it. He was so consistent. He didn't put up like flashy numbers all the time, but the dude had double digits like every week. It was impressive. So one of the things that's important to uh, note is when all these, all these sites went to their standard league being half PPR and full PPR is that these slot receivers are at a huge value because they receive targets that are the quality of the targets that they receive is different from an outside receiver. They don't get those 50, 50 balls. They get more sure passes. So they get like, they're more likely to, to actually catch the passes that are thrown to them. So when they're in the red zone like that, they're more likely to convert on their red zone targets, which in a weird way you don't expect, but it is the reality. And they escape star cornerback coverage, which we like week. to exploit. And that is a thing that I'm so interested in with Cooper cup this year. Um, if you look through their schedule, they were gifted this insanely hard cornerback schedule because of how well they did last year. Right. And Cooper cup is going to escape a lot of that banner coverage in, by my estimation, nine or in nine of the 16 games, there's banner coverage. Yeah. So I think he's a plug yeah. and play guy all year long at the price of a bench player at this moment in time. Yep. And with the with a team like the Rams, do you ever get nervous that they kind of have so many weapons that outside of Todd Gurley that you never really know? Like cuz Todd Gurley's I obviously going to be a workhorse, but like with the other guys, do you ever get nervous? I would be more concerned if we didn't know like with the Rams, like you know what all of those pieces are there to do. Right. Like we know that Brandon Cooks is going to be there to stretch the field for sure. We know that Robert Woods is going to be that technician and we know Cooper Cup's going to handle everything in the slot. So if that's if I know what player I'm looking for on my roster, I'm confident when I get Brandon Cooks. I'm confident when I get Cooper Cup. And we're actually all pretty down on Robert Woods this year, for an example. And but even with all of these great wide receivers, we all still have Todd Gurley as our consensus first overall pick in drafts. There's a lot of teams that we just really like, and and uh, you know I think one that kind of sticks out is is the Denver Broncos to kind of bounce off what Tom said. We we love DT Emmanuel Sanders, Case Keenum, Royce Freeman, all those guys. So it's really situational, I think, because there's a lot of players on teams that we won't even touch. Like uh, for example. <laughs> an example of someone that I wouldn't touch like any receiver on the Ravens. Um, yeah, that's yeah. a tough situation. I would, I haven't, I've been really straying away from uh Detroit's backfield. Yeah. Like I really don't think we have any, anybody who's telling you that they have the inside track on that is either lying or a lion's beat reporter who has <laughs> like, who knows where the skeletons are buried. Yeah. Yeah. Like that's Johnson, it. Better dynasty value. Yeah, than, for sure. Uh, redraft for sure. Yeah. And a fantastic also, football still, name. Also still reeling that I did not get him. <laughs> um, Tom will be so mad up until like tomorrow when his fifth draft of the year is. And then he'll hit our group chat with, I have the best team. I'm going to win. Yep. <laughs> is there, is there a number that you guys think is too many leagues to be in? No, no. Uh, I'm I, at six right now. And that's probably the most that I could stomach, I actually, especially with doing the podcast. Cause I feel like that counts as almost another league's worth of preparation for me. Right. I actually find it more peaceful when back in the day when I was in like one or two leagues, we have everybody you stress out so bad. You're like, Oh, I need this guy. I need this guy. And maybe it doesn't happen. Maybe it does. And you're getting ulcers over it practically. Yes. 
everything that happens in any game is good and bad for me. <laughs> I'm in too yeah. many leagues. And, then and that's why Sunday night and Monday night, I have my wins and my losses and the ones that I'm keeping a close eye on. Yep. And I feel good no matter yeah. what. Um, Especially because I got a lot of wins going yeah. on. And because <laughs> all of us are in so many leagues and we have to do all this analysis, like I've kind of just started coining the phrase, like we're lukewarm on everybody. Yeah. Like we could really be in love with some, uh, some people. And then like the next week be like, you know what? Like maybe I need to walk this back a little bit. A good example is like Mike Evans. Like we were all kind of like, eh, we'll see how it goes. But you know, ever since the preseason started, Scott really fell in love with him because yeah. of that. It's kind of increased my interest in getting Mike Evans in drafts. I actually just took him tonight. Um, in the league that we drafted in. You didn't get his jersey on? I have his jersey. I'm just <laughs> not currently wearing it. <laughs> I'm a, I had two jerseys, okay? I had two jerseys that I wore, that I rotated Sundays last year. Des Bryant on the Cowboys and Jordy Nelson on the Packers. <laughs> so I get to this point, I'm like, okay, I just got to re-up, I guess. Now, actually, it's interesting you brought that up. It's always something I find interesting, and you guys kind of mentioned it earlier, with knowing your league, like who are people in your league a fan of so right. i don't know any of your guys actual fan teams so who are your teams and do you guys let i feel like you guys probably don't but do you really take that into consideration on draft night of like who likes who who's reaching for sterling shepherd last year even though he was a solid little player does that happen a lot um does it happen only with us analyzing other people because luckily for me and Tom, we're Jets fans. So <laughs> there's like maybe a guy or two that'll get picked from the Jets. We don't really have to worry about that. We don't even have to worry about watching their games on Sundays. It actually works out pretty well for us. Most of our lives, we've played the defense against the Jets. Yes. Instead of playing Jets, I've been seen rooting for a pick six wearing a Jets shirt against the Jets. I've celebrated <laughs> Patriots beating the Jets. The butt fumble was single handedly the best and worst thing ever to happen to Scott and Tom because I'm sure one at least one of them also had the this Patriots defense in that Thanksgiving game. Um I'm a little different. I've I'm I'm like a team hopper. Um I don't like I don't need to be loyal to one team for the rest of my life. Like why not? Like Don likes I've the players a, more than the yeah, teams. I I always just end up like finding guys that I want on my fantasy teams and because of that I end up rooting for that team. Um I, I got Rogers in a bunch of leagues and won a couple of championships because of it a couple of years ago. Because of that, I've been a Packers fan for a while. I was a Jaguars fan when I was like seven years old because I thought that their green jerseys were the coolest thing I've ever Don seen. I was a big Brunel fan. Uh, I was a huge Mark <laughs> Brunel fan. I was a huge Donovan McNabb fan. So I was an Eagles fan for a while. Uh, I actually liked the Saints for a while, too. Uh, we got and, it, but, I think. And the Chargers because of Daniel Tomlinson, too. We're just going to go through all 32 yeah. teams if you keep letting them talk. I'm almost there, yeah. <laughs> Who's your team this year? Do you have one yet? You got to wait It's and the see. Packers or the Saints. I haven't really. Whichever I, I one's decide better. after the fantasy season's over. Uh, right. So it's convenient for me. I just always root for a playoff team. <laughs> Don is too neurotic to have all of these things happening at once. He, if he can sideline actual fandom for 16 weeks, goodbye. it's better for his overall health. Yep. Yes, yep. for sure. Absolutely. And to jump off what he said, because it's funny, it, people probably thought, you know, oh, I thought these guys hate quarterbacks and Don saying that he was winning with Aaron Rodgers. If if we see a guy that falls, like we love it, we'll take it. So we're not anti quarterback. We're just anti drafting early. Yeah. So like I've had Aaron Rodgers in my fair share. Sometimes when people we're in like a more savvy league, people love to wait on quarterback and all that. Yeah. And then I'm like, okay, 
I'll take the value. And we're all that way as well. So yeah. we're not only going out there with Tarod Taylor and uh, Philip Rivers and Matthew Stafford, though those are three of our favorites. Yes, yes, uh, easily. We'll Andrew Luck, up, one of my favorites this year too. He's going too late. Yeah, we'll wind up with Aaron Rodgers. We'll wind up with your Russell Wilsons. As long as people are afraid of him, we'll jump in for yep. sure. So that's it. You got to read the room. You got to see what's going on in your room. Because, like you said, you know, if Aaron Rodgers slips to like seven eight, is that what you're talking about? Like that range? Yeah. I mean, I took him uh, first pick five of the six fifth round, even too. First pick of the fifth round in a twelve man once, and it was like the best pick of the draft for me. There you go. Yeah. I mean, it it's a separation piece in a league that gets a little bit more crowded. There's less streaming options anyway. I think it's year to year too, because uh, the running back and receiver field is very saturated this year. I think there's a ton of guys. So even when you're, even when I'm in the 10th and 11th rounds of drafts, you know, too many quarterbacks have gone for me to even justify picking them over, you know, some of these deeper dives that I like to pick. So at that point, I'm just like, you know what? Screw it. I'll just wait until the 13th round and I'll pick, you know, Alex Smith. Yeah, we can never have too many running backs and wide receivers. No. I want them all, and neither can you. Man, Alex Smith is what? I mean, he's never going to put up that much num that big of numbers, but he's going to put you in the in the mid teens every week, right? That's exactly. what people were saying I mean, about, about him last, last year, year, man. Yeah. Oh, he had some sick weeks last year. That's that's oh, true. He, he finished as QB three last year. Wow. I mean, all right. Yeah. So who's uh who's your P- passing leader this year. Who do you think is going to be the passing leader? Because I've seen Aaron Rodgers. Is it going to be Aaron Rodgers? No, I've in, seen some other well, names like Philip Rivers pop up. He was pretty close yeah. last year, but he's also looked at as a pretty low uh, QB in fantasy value. So we where are. do you balance that out of like no quarterbacks doing who have good his reps? research? Huh? That's what I like to hear. You guys I, know I love hearing someone talk up Phil. I, I, I don't know if he was talking him up though. I think I he don't. Was well, accidentally- I like Phil, and I know he's going to help the Chargers be in games. But how much do you balance like knowing a quarterback's going to pe- put people in games with making sure they're going to put you numbers on fantasy? Well, Whoa. funny way to put it is the- to talk about even Aaron Rodgers again. There's no way, I, in my opinion, he'll have the, like the passing yardage title because he world beats in the first half. Yep. But then you look at the other side of the coin with a guy like Blake Bortles who does it all in garbage time and does anything in his power to get you 15 fantasy points. Yes. Literally, he will almost always make it happen in a positive. He'll run matchup. for 90 if you. But <laughs> Blake Bortles is so concerned with getting his fantasy owners 15 <laughs> points a game. He's already started losing his hair over. It. <laughs> like we will not start Blake Bortles every week, right? But if he's in a positive matchup, we will. And, you know, looking at the p- finishes of last year and who ranked where, Blake Bortles and the Jags have one of the easiest schedules. They have one of the most convenient quarterback, running back, and wide receiver, and tight end. Basically, the whole, gam- the whole gambit. They have a great schedule. And when we have a positive matchup with Blake Bortles, we've never been afraid to use him. So nope. I'm not afraid to go out we there love Blake. as my guy this year. And when you invest such little capital in the quarterback, it's so much easier to yeah, play right. that and exchange I'll, game. And I'll even throw one more name in, in there because the way that we talked about the, the ease of schedule with Blake Bortles, there's another quarterback in that same division who it also applies to. And that's Marcus Mariota of the Tennessee Titans. Right. The Titans schedule is looking pretty flimsy as well. So that could be a that could mean a huge bounce back year for him as well. And you can really coin flip between whether Mariota or Bortles are being drafted in most standard scoring leagues right now. Yeah, well, you got to play Bortles when Mariota plays the Jags. Yes, of course. Because that's his worst matchup. Yep. And then you take Bortles for free. 
Do you guys get nervous with looking at schedules though? Because no. last year, for yeah. example, like no one, like I actually, I thought I made a hot take last year saying the Eagles were going to win the division because no one thought they were going to be that good, and they won the Super Bowl. And like yeah. the Jaguars were gr- like a really good team last year. Do you ever look at the schedule thinking, oh, this team's not great, this team's good, whatever? And then you uh, look, week six comes well, around and, and like it's completely. Well, there's a lot of unpredictability. Yeah, I mean, and that's My the perfect to that is that we're looking for especially when we're talking quarterback for more or less a short term rental, right? So those big changes happen over a longer exposure. So I'm more willing and more keen to try something out for one week while it's still the expected culture of this team to be horrible against the tight end. I will abuse that until it stops. And that one is one of the easiest ones to predict. Teams like the giants let up 11 touchdowns to the tight end in 10 weeks last year. And it was like, it was like old glory. It was like you could time your watch to it. Right. It like was we- always happening. The, except for hilariously, the streak ended at Travis Kelsey. <laughs> right. <laughs> who an interception. Who you couldn't stream anyway. Right. So the, the streak was pretty much still alive. Um, the Browns, the Broncos, the Dolphins, Dolphins they yep. were also horrible against the position, which is why I brought up those tight ends that I brought up earlier in this recording. Yeah. That was one of the few Giants wins last year. I was actually I was at that yeah. game. <laughs> I was at that game. And, Easily uh, the most unpredictable Giants I, win last I, year. I think I could say friend of the program, Dave Rondesco, did not enjoy the ending of that game very much. <laughs> Shout out, Dave. Um, yeah, are, are there any uh, of the freshman quarterbacks, the rookie quarterbacks, any one of those you find worth picking in a standard like snake type league or? Obviously, when you talk dynasties, it gets a lot more tricky and more intricate. But in a a standard type draft, are any of the four rookie quarterbacks worthwhile? I'll tell you what. First of all, in dynasty, you can make a case for all four of them to be drafted. And they probably all should be and will be. Or maybe five Uh, of them. We we all kind of are in agreement that Baker Mayfield is probably not going to win the job in Cleveland anytime soon. So I wouldn't even bother drafting him because if someone does, they're going to drop him in a few weeks. Um, the short answer is no. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> if, if you really like want to burn a here. roster spot on Lamar Jackson, then no so way. be it, but I'm not doing it. Pat Mahomes is the only one with a shot here and it's because of that. Oh, he's, he's not even a rookie. Yeah. Not even a rookie. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like people are going to reach for Pat Mahomes too. He's been getting the hype train moving. No, oh, yeah. In some cases yeah. they do. Yeah. He'll definitely be reached for, but all the other rookie quarterbacks, you know, we bash quarterbacks too much to justify picking a quarterback yeah, and I don't holding him on your roster. They the are year. or what year they are in the league. I don't care about that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's Aaron Rodgers but or I, Blake Bortles. There's no in between. Yeah. <laughs> I, Literally. The I mean, yeah. Fantasy quarterback <laughs> is Aaron Rodgers in the first half and Blake Bortles in the second. And until FanDuel lets you pick by quarter, oh. man, we're going to be waiting. <laughs> but I do think we also just made a billion dollar idea. <laughs> <laughs> I do think that. Uh, Lamar Jackson will be a God. Yeah. We love once him. he's given the reins, but they owe Flacco a ton of money. They own like $25 million this end next year each. So uh, it's going to be a little while. Yeah. It's gonna be a long haul. And I'll just say this about Josh Allen. He's tall. <laughs> Dude, that was coming You're not here. wrong. <laughs> no, <laughs> that is the, that is the first thing you said that is most definitely not wrong today. <laughs> Probably the only thing, man. <laughs> All right, so I want to talk about some sneaky stars here. Some guys who, you know, you think are pretty good or you, you know are going to be solid uh, number twos at their position, maybe some flex options, but you think they have the upside of being like a wide receiver one, running back one by the end of the year. Um, so some guys in the three to six, seven range that you just really 
really want to pull the trigger on when you see him on the board. Well, well, first of all, if you're looking for that read draft day for dummies. Yeah, there's a bunch of guys on there. I'm going a little deeper though. One of the guys that I've loved and just ranted and raved about ever since he, ever since Jarvis Landry left the dolphin, it's a miracle. You haven't mentioned him yet. Is Kenny stills. I okay. think that he is he last year. He finished his WR 32 on, you know, a target share that put him outside of the top, like 30 in targets. So he showed his ability to score per target. Now you look at Jarvis Landry, where there's maybe 150 targets vacated from that offense. Devonte Parker, never healthy, always inconsistent in steps. Kenny stills who can do it deep. He can do it short. He can do it all. I think he's set up for a huge target share. I'll just throw Cooper cup in there too. Uh, just to reiterate how how big I am at him, I will say this to a uh, couple of running backs that I've been targeting recently because they look like they're going to win the job. Uh, Chris Carson in Seattle and Jamal Williams of Green Bay. Uh, I think both of them, they, it looks like they're secure in their starting spot, at least for the first part of the season, and they could really run away with the job uh, before too long. For me, the biggest one, and these guys probably know exactly where I'm going, is uh, Emmanuel yep. Sanders. And I wrote about this in my article on rutsff.com called uh, Hills I'm Willing to Die. Stuck all three in there. Yeah. There we go. There we go. Uh, I'm base. definitely willing to die on this hill with Emmanuel Sanders. So, in his time in Denver, if you strike last year from the record where he was, you know, he had a foot injury and then the wheels were really falling off for the entire team. So, he kind of packed it in. But Denver Emmanuel Sanders has always finished at or above wide receiver 23. 1032 yards, 136 targets, 76 receptions and five touchdowns. There's those are his worst finishes in each of those categories. And he's rising right now. A lot of people are pretty warm on him, but he's still at a discount. And uh, on draft day, a lot of people don't pick this guy. He yeah. falls and falls. Um and I'm not saying to not pick Demarius Thomas either, but they've got a huge improvement in the quarterback room and Emmanuel Sanders is certainly going to go a little later than DT. Pulling out the stats for that one. I love it. That's fantastic. I oh, think there's, yeah. like also, stats. <laughs> there's also a good opportunity for me to mention the Run Up the Score podcast on iTunes, Apple Podcast app. Uh, I assume it's on all the other ones as well, right? We're yeah. SoundCloud boys. And we're SoundCloud uh, boys. We we're like the, the little peep of the fantasy football <laughs> podcast community. <laughs> well, actually, that was a bad reference. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, we're on SoundCloud too. You can find us there. And Stitcher, if you're an Android user like I am. Right. Yeah, I mean, I think what's weird about the podcast thing, uh, I mean, I noticed that all these weird random web websites just, like, pick it up on their own. Yeah. I, like, that I don't even know about. Like, Blueberry all of a sudden, like, <laughs> one day it's just hey, out listen, there. Man. Yeah. We'll hey, take you know, it wherever we can get it. We're that, young and hungry. That's you know, it. I saw your tweet, um, and you were like, I don't know what happened with SoundCloud, but I think we got a big following. Where was yours? Because ours was Sweden, the Netherlands. Right? <laughs> Same. I got Netherlands. Oh, you got, oh so did we. So, so we, did got, we. we got spammed together. My plan. I'm, my hope is that SoundCloud sports podcasting finally reached the Netherlands, yeah. and we've and we've hit the jackpot. Well, SoundCloud the is Dutch. a Scandinavian product. It was made in Sweden. Oh, there you go. There you go. Well, I'll be as damned. was Spotify. So, so the head of SoundCloud is listening to our podcast, guys. Music streaming. <laughs> no pressure. Is a Scandinavian. Uh, Enterprise. They, they, they've, they've, they've nailed it. Yeah. Sports podcasting made its way to the and they're only listening to Ruts and Sports Blog New York. It's just, it's yeah, that's crazy. all they need, man. Yeah. They have impeccable taste. <laughs> <laughs> that's good stuff. Don Scott and Tom here with me on the Sports Blog New York podcast. Let's keep New York in the conversation for a hot second. Are there any, obviously, Odell Beckham? Let's just leave him out because we know where he's going. <laughs> but are there any other guys that you guys uh, happen to really like or really dislike on the Giants and Jets specifically? 
I think Saquon? there's a running back oh, on yeah. the Giants that I like. Yeah, <laughs> never, never heard. Yeah. Of it. I'll take Saquon <laughs> when I can get him, but I haven't because I mean, going so we high. said so long ago, um, and it's still true. Uh, back end first, Saquon is the dream. It's the dream. It's the dream. And yeah. if you're able to get him at you know pick seven, eight, nine, ten, you know as it goes back there. It's the dream. Yeah. He's he's going to be awesome. Dynasty leagues. Evan Engram is a really intriguing option. Um, he could really be like that that big target to go opposite Odell. I think his catch numbers are going to be a little bit down this year, but going forward, when e- Evan Engram really starts to carve out his role, I think he's going to be really good. Um, we love Robbie Anderson as a podcast, yes. and uh, and so he had a great year last year I with would, Josh McCown. I would cool it on him though. In case, uh, in case he's suspended, yeah, yeah he's got some legal troubles going yeah, and, on, which which really hurt when we saw that. And for <laughs> for whatever reason, like I always have, I've ended up with either Bilal Powell or Isaiah Crowell every single draft I've had so far. Yeah, because falling. I think that there's going to be some value in that backfield somewhere. Um, you know, the quarterback situation in with the Jets being what it is, I don't think you can confidently take any of them in a one quarterback league. But other than that, I mean, Eli's a great streaming quarterback. Yeah, Tom's Sterling all about Shepherd, we've always I'm, got our eyes on I'm him. I'm big on Eli as a streamer this year. I love to stream the quarterback as we've heard like a hundred times. But we we talk about it all the time. And it's one of these things where we just want people to feel more comfortable without that position. They get so we're scared. trying to destigmatize it, yeah. you know? The stream. We're trying to destigmatize <laughs> it. And red lobster. It's okay to do it. And I mean, Eli Manning is a perfectly good candidate. You look around. You, everyone's got Saquon Barkley ranked as an RB one. Everyone's got Odell Beckham Jr. ranked as an R, as a wide receiver one. Right. Everyone's got Evan Ingram ranked as a tight end one. You can't name a million teams that have that. Right. That's a good point. Is there, yeah. You guys kind of think bounce back here for Eli a little bit. I think he's in the streaming conversation. I think and that, he was firmly was not last I, year. I yeah. can't get any worse. So yeah, the absolutely. worst position <laughs> in the past like decade for someone with a one in each of those three categories was around QB fourteen off the top of my head. Yeah, and and we love Shermer. We love Shermer's offense in Minnesota last year, and they have pieces that can really resemble that that Vikings offense from last year. So if you like what you saw from Case Keenum last year, then you got to like Eli's prospects coming into this year. That's how I feel as like a Giants fan. That's like what I'm telling myself to be hopeful. Right. I haven't yeah. even thought about Eli as a fantasy option. Oof. So listen, now Giants I got, now fans I have, have a reason to be hopeful for sure. Yeah. Like they have a really they're gonna have a really fun team this year. And and the Jets are like I think Todd Bowles is probably like one of the most underappreciated coaches in the league. Couldn't this has nothing more. to do with fantasy football, but like I think the Jets, like as bad as you think they're gonna be, they're gonna be better, just like they were last year. I mean, they like accidentally won five games last year. They're and they're, exactly. they're, they're a little better now, and they look good doing it. <laughs> I like Tobbles. I love that the stories have trickled out. He's a great guy. That apparently he's like a huge goofball, like off camera, like that, oh, out, like outside of the media presence. That he's like a big. I can't even imagine jokester. That. Yeah, the Jets he's like a serious coach. Please, <laughs> one time, <laughs> like you know, like he kind of reminds he's me in of like, a comedy club. Yeah. <laughs> he kind of reminds me of like the fr- the first interview Ricky Bobby does. Where he's just like, I have no idea what to do. <laughs> but that's like Todd Bowles for the last three years in New York, which is amazing. He doesn't have the answers for that mess. No. I don't <laughs> Who think he, would? I don't think he wants to have the answers. I think he no. takes out of the bill check. Like, there's, no, there's I work for Tom Coughlin, too. Yeah, nothing's going to help him by talking to the media. Uh, another no. question I really want to ask you guys before I talk about Daily Fantasy, because I know Daily Fantasy tickles your fancies as well. Oh, God. Oh. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> how do you guys judge people coming off injuries? You know, 
the Andrew Lux of the world, Deshaun Watsons. It's got maybe be, David oh, Johnson sorry. as well. No, it's fine. I just want to throw a name in there too. Coming it, coming off injury, you actually gain value for the most part. Um, from everything that I've seen from our research, whenever you get hurt, you automatically get ticked down, and that automatically becomes a point where we start to try and take advantage of it. For example, you know. I got David Johnson with the eighth pick in a league tonight. I've got David Johnson with the sixth pick in a league the other night. And I'm just not going to pass on that because he broke his wrist. I'm sorry. I'm yeah. Just, he was incredible. And you know, Andrew luck is kind of the same thing where he was so good that if you're going to let him drop that far, I will take the chance on him every single time. I think it depends mostly on not only the player and how, and the, their playing style, but also depends on the injury. Like for example, David Johnson dislocated his wrist, right? Like that's probably not going to happen again. It's not like an ACL injury. Like he just had to give his wrist time to recover Deshaun Watson. On the other hand, coming back from an ACL injury as a mobile quarterback, a guy who likes to move around in the pocket, like it could affect him early on in the season. And it may take him a couple of games. And, and if you're in a league where only, you know, four out of 12 teams make the playoffs, I don't know that Deshaun Watson is really a risk worth taking at quarterback, especially because you know, the Ruts boys love waiting anyway. But you know, it's so it, it just it's just it, it's an all encompassing thing. Like it's one of those things you really have to just be aware of all of your surroundings, a not guy, just one thing. A guy I want to bring up is Greg Olson. Uh, he didn't get to finish the year last year, although he probably could have. Right. He did get out there and play, and they kind of just shut him down. Before that, he had three one thousand yard seasons back to back at the tight end position. At the tight end jersey's own Greg Olson, by the way. Yeah, yeah that's right. You're not going to be able to find that. Just walking around out there on the streets, it says, yeah. uh, "It says, you know, fleeting as a 300 touch running back." You know, oh, so yeah. something with him, I like to set almost a safety net. Like if I'm getting him past, you know, the seventh round or something, I'm very interested in taking Greg Olson because I know that ceiling. And prior to that, he was really an Iron Man. He was not missing games. And when you think about certain injuries, Don was talking about who's had them. If you can take the injury that someone else has had and look. Or if you take the injury someone has and look at someone else who had it, right? So, like, Julio Jones had a nagging foot injury, right. always kind of does, but he plays for the most part. And Julian Edelman had the same injuries, same two surgeries. Sammy Watkins now had the same foot injury and same two surgeries. We saw him put together a full season last year. And after those two surgeries, all these guys are, for the most part, yeah every week, reliable players. So Sammy Watkins, another guy who gets wrongfully uh, pigeonholed, I think this year at his value, he's going to return a lot, especially with that big arm from Pat Mahomes. Uh, what about, what about Carson Wentz, by the way? Well, he's, I mean, it's, it's not even looking like he's going to start week one. So if you're taking Carson Wentz, you, you basically have to get either. You have to take Nick Foles not or you got to take another quarterback. Yeah. And, and the, I don't know. And this that, is what that's takes us out of the want to do. Yeah, that's why. Yeah. That's why none of us are probably going to end up with Carson Wentz anywhere. But something that Don did mention kind of quickly is knowing how many people in your league make the playoffs, right? Because you got to make the playoffs to have a shot at winning this thing. And if four people out of the that. twelve make it, <laughs> you're going to have to go a little more risk averse, um, especially with your high like value picks, right? Your early picks. You, you can't be taking a really early risk on Carson Wentz when you might not have him the whole year. But if you load up, you wait on quarterback, you wait on tight end, something like that. You can take a risk with Julian Edelman or Mark Ingram. These guys who are suspended for the first few games. If you've already built a starting lineup, right? Especially if you're in a league where six of 10 make it, which is more or less the more common thing these days. So with Carson Wentz, where have you seen him going? Where's that threshold of 
where he has would... a pretty wide range yeah. right over. But probably like there's probably some Eagles fans sprinkled in. The sixth and ninth round. Eagles fans could spring even quicker, and it depends how many guys are in your league. Really, I'm happy to see him go because he's just not on my radar. As awesome as he is, and as awesome as he was, and um, will be, and will be, it, it's a it's a troublesome investment. Di- I will say, dynasty leagues like Car- like I really wanted Carson yeah. Wentz in my dynasty draft. I didn't get him, but like dynasty draft, the roster sizes are so big. It's almost pointless to not draft two quarterbacks when you're building a dynasty roster. So if you're going to get Carson Wentz, like you're, you know, eventually you're going to get another one who's going to start. And then you got Wentz who was, you know, playing at an MVP level last year before he got hurt. And you've got him now for potentially forever. Yeah. So, well, think like, about if you're taking him just in a rookie draft, you only just got him Yeah. and there's going to be another one. There's, right. there's always going to be another quarterback, man. And you see how many legendary quarterbacks started out as a backup. Yeah. There's going to yeah. be guys that we didn't even consider this year. who are going to go out there and light the world on fire. Usually more than 32 quarterbacks finish as a QB one, at least once in the fantasy season. Wow. Yeah. Per week. Hashtag stats. That's something that they don't want you to know, <laughs> but we do. If you want to transition into daily fantasy off that, those are the guys we're targeting. We're getting these cheap quarterbacks, these cheap tight ends, and then we're paying up at those other positions to make sure that we've got studly guys who are going <laughs> to studly dudes. <laughs> we want guys with chiseled jawlines. <laughs> now we want, we want the guys who have that weak winning potential. You know, we want, Antonio Brown in the game where you had to have him to win Zeke against the 49ers. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and then we can afford Brock him. against the uh, Browns. <laughs> we, can, we can afford him with money left over. If we go Hoyer at quarterback and stack him with Cameron Meredith, like we did for like five weeks. Yeah. <laughs> and it worked every time. Cause I guess that's where the deep cuts kind of come in handy because the average daily fantasy player isn't even considering putting someone like Brian Hoyer in their daily fantasy lineup. They just won't do it. And that's like the technique right there. The Rutz boy has got it down. seems like, do you guys, you know, obviously it's week to week. Like some weeks Rogers is going to throw four or five touchdowns and and we're probably never going to have him in daily. So that week won't be our week, but for the most part, this strategy has been, you know, it's been tried and true for us across really years. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Week 17 last year, one of my best lineups of the year had Deshaun Kaiser out there fearlessly. Yeah. And he went That's out reckless. and just slung it. He slung it. <laughs> Where is Deshaun was, Kaiser right now, by the way? He's backing up Aaron Rodgers. Is he really? Yeah. yeah. Aaron Rodgers is going to turn his <laughs> ship around. Where's Brett Hundley at? He's uh, there third too. String. He's backing up Deshaun where he Kaiser. Where he deserves to be after last year. <laughs> <laughs> he had the worst quarterback performance, I thought, like an extended performance last year. Oh, Shut okay. out at home in Lambeau against the Ravens. Because I was, was going to say Nathan Peterman, out. <laughs> Nathan <laughs> Peterman put the worst performance. He might Maybe start ever. week one for the Bills this year. How about that turnaround? He's I think they just say that. Well, I think he's Josh Allen's right? tall. That's true. Long fingers, I heard too. <laughs> That's just word on the street, though. Yeah. Um, so, with daily fantasy, is there specific types of games you guys try to enter? I know you guys do stuff with like closer groups of friends, but if you're doing more of like the public way of of uh, getting in daily fantasy, and you don't have groups of friends doing it, like what's your method of picking matches, basically? So, I think that um, the way to look at it is if you're just trying to do like a like a casual thing for a Sunday where you're just trying to you know maybe make a couple bucks, but more importantly. 
you just want something to, you know, panically check your phone with every five minutes, <laughs> then you can do like a 50 50 that they do where it's just everybody puts in like two bucks and then um, half of half the people get paid four bucks and no and half the other people don't get paid. So it's like a, a way where you can just kind of chill and just enjoy it a little bit, yeah. not throw too much money and maybe get a little bit back. Whereas if you're you know, like us, you probably dig a little deeper and you'd go for these bigger tournaments where maybe you're paying like maybe you're paying like 10 bucks to get in like a hundred person tournament. But the payout is 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 way higher. And in those like I typically go for single entry because then like I'm I'm avoiding like all the actuaries who quit their jobs right. because they like have gamed the daily fantasy sports systems <laughs> right. and have made themselves millionaires. Like that's not who I want to well, play what fantasy they're football doing. With. With. For the record, is they're they're entering an obscene amount of lineups, yeah, and they've got subtle changes throughout with things that are more. The consensus is that week that it's more or less a lock, yeah, and then they uh, try to make out like bandits. Obviously, it's not going to work every time for every person, not going to fit every budget. But um, one of the cooler games that I like to play are the Monday through Thursdays, right, or just the four o'clocks only. Or I'll just craft a lineup that's, you know, only just the one o'clocks for even the ones that I'm hanging out with the guys and trying to do those. Right. And then if I'm thinking if I take a stronger look at that lineup and I'm like, this thing's pretty uh, formidable, I'll just go throw it into a bunch of places. And sometimes I'll be that that jerk who puts, uh, you know, multiple lineups out yeah. there. <laughs> but I, what I like to do is is always you're going to have to have that position separator and a contrarian play because if you have the same lineup as somebody when you're in those big tournaments, you're going to, and you gotta, you gotta go for those backups. You gotta watch, you can make a lineup on Monday, right? But if people don't, if people say, Oh, he's ruled out and it's on Thursday, the prices were already set. So the backups are huge, huge, huge values, which allow you to use, you know, maybe the Aaron Rodgers that week, especially if you're really confident in the Brian Hoyers or somebody else, you know, maybe, Obviously, you can't play both those quarterbacks, right. but you know what I mean. Like, if you can get the uh, the Cameron Meredith, and then you know you all can that pay kind of up stuff. for elsewhere. Yeah, that's some good stuff right there. I mean, daily fantasy is an animal right now. Even if you you guys all live in Jersey, right? Right. Yes. So you guys can use the actual sports gambling uh, facets of the, those apps, right? Like they have that now. Is that up and running? The actual sport. I'm on poker stars. If that's what it, you mean. It, it is. It is up and running. I haven't. I haven't done the. Uh, I haven't delved in too deep yet because you know I just kept trying to keep money in my wallet for now. But during the football season, I will be very much involved. We're big teasers. Yeah, uh, yeah. I hear that. I love that. Actually, I can't wait. Maybe I have to have you guys back to do uh, an old-fashioned picks just for one of the week, not fantasy, just actual oh. straight up. Like week four picks or something like that. That'll be that could be yeah, that'd be awesome. That might be a Scott and Tom thing. I'm terrible <laughs> with that kind of stuff. All right, well, I'm, you'll I'm be stick, the, I'm I'm hashtag stick to fantasy sports. <laughs> then I'm you'll happy be, to I'm happy to stay in my lane. LeVar you'll be Ball. the host then. You'll be the host. You won't have to make picks. That's fine. I'm and good with that. We'll go I around think. the horn. Well, the run up the score fantasy football podcast on iTunes anywhere you listen to podcasts, including SoundCloud. Uh, just go check that out. And if, you, right, if you're not we'll sold, if you're not sold by now, I mean, you don't like <laughs> fantasy football. These three guys, Don Scott and Tom, they love it. Obviously, it's fantastic. I've had a blast talking to you guys. But I have one more question. I don't care who takes it. Uh, whoever wants to jump in, you guys can tag team it like you typically do anyway. Um, <laughs> if somebody came up to you and like, wait, I heard you have a podcast. Like, what is it? Like, who are you guys? Or somebody you never met? Like, what's run up the score? Like, what is it? Who are you guys? We El- are elevator just- pitch. Go. We are just three guys who would be talking about fantasy football, even if we didn't have microphones in front of our faces, trying to help people win fantasy football championships. 
That's all I got. That's not bad. Um, I would just say that we're we do a bang up job, and I'm gonna talk ourselves up until the bitter end. But <laughs> every time you know the season ends and we've getting we're getting all these tweets like, oh, I just won my first championship. Yeah, I did this. Best. I did that. I mean, that's that's the that's the dream right there. Yeah. Saquon Barkley in the back of the first. Also the dream, <laughs> but when we help out the other people, we're really yeah. just looking to help and, uh, we're, we're good communicators. You reach out to us, we'll reach out to you and we'll get yeah, the job we're on together. Twitter, Instagram, Facebook at ruts, FF everywhere, ruts, We don't hide. Like we <laughs> want to be a part of the conversation. We want to be the people that you want to, you know, come ask for help and, and we're going to do our best and we might be wrong, but we'll be, we'll be able to put our hands up and say, Hey, we missed that one. And I've, tweet, Two, I've so. tweeted at you guys before from my personal Twitter, and I think <laughs> I got, you know, I got response from each of you. So, like, yeah. that's the example right there. Three different opinions, sometimes three similar opinions, just make you feel more strongly about it. Uh, that's good stuff, man. I'm, I'm, I'm happy we did this episode. I think we started yeah, talking you, about man. doing this like a it. year ago. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's been it's been in motion. You know, the, the train's been on the tracks, but it was just moving really. Slow. I just figured you were waiting to make sure that we were legit, and we knew we were legit from day <laughs> one. But now the world's starting to see it. So, Pete, thank you so much for having us on. We really appreciate it. Nah, man, my pleasure. I think there's there's four legit podcasters in this room. That's what I'll say. That's right. That's <laughs> right. Right. All right. Signing off for Sports Blog New York Podcast. Don Scott, Tom, thank you guys so much, and everybody have a great day and enjoy football. It's around the corner.